All right, first time films are back. It's uh, award month. It's very exciting. We'll be looking at movies over here in the UK. We actually can't watch a lot that's nominated for the Oscars and so forth. Uh, right now, it's a bit of a pain in the arse, but the ones that we do have access to, we're going to be looking at starting with today. Uh, first up, uh, he is the reason that this episode is coming out on a Monday. That is Nicky Buchanan. How are you? Hello, I'm really good, thanks. Yeah. Uh, sorry that I need to, need to work and stuff like that, David. You didn't end we'll up in overtime. This is why I brought it up. <laughs> because you mailed him out, I need to do overtime. And then I text you the other day and you're like, oh, I'm in Costco. <laughs> like, Aye. That, that basically Costco. is overtime. How was Costco? How oh, mate. Doug, so we could do a whole podcast about that. It was amazing. <laughs> it was, I actually didn't even buy a lot of stuff, but I bought 24 glass bottles of Coke. That was, that was the highlight of my purchases. Nice. Yeah. But it was amazing. The tellies are massive. Everything was just, but then I got back, my mum was like, oh, did you get those pretzels? I used to get pretzels for Costco that were amazing, I'd forgot them. So, sadly, I'll need to go back. And back with us again, Erin Michael. Erin, what do you get out of Costco when you visit Costco? See, I've been going into Costco to try and find those fucking little moons. Yeah. Yeah. They, do, they don't, TikTokers lie to me once again. <laughs> had little moons. I've been tracking them down for months, and yet, nothing... I don't know anyone that's actually had them. I think that, I think it's a lie. I think it's a whole market. <laughs> well, I have had some little moons. All right, okay. Have you had them? My youngest sister's boyfriend's mum works in Tesco and oh, puts them aside for her <gasps> uh, when they come that's in. That's ridiculous. Well, I <laughs> had What's her that, name? I'd like to make a complaint. <laughs> I've had a sneaky little... Uh, like hint dropped me that uh, Tesco actually have a delivery at Silverburn tomorrow, so that's where you'll find me. <laughs> I love how this has become. Like, out early, what, but they worth it? I would say the passion fruit and mango ones were not as nice, but the coconut <laughs> ones are excellent. Mm-hmm. See, passion fruit and mango sounds like what I'd like. I don't. I'm not a big yeah, coconut that. guy. The problem with it is. Passion fruit and mango is a good. Co- we're going to get into like, so it's a good combination of flavors, right? But the texture just suits the coconut more. If that makes yeah. sense. it'll make sense to you when you are as privileged as I am. Oh, look at you! Get to have the ones. <laughs> it'll make sense when you manage to get your hands on a couple of them. Yeah, exactly. When when they finally release them to the peasant class, you guys will enjoy them. <laughs> anyway, Borat subsequently film as the movie. Speaking of peasant classes. Peasant classes. Uh, directed by Jason Warner. Um, of course, it stars Sasha Baron Cohen. Um, who also wrote the screenplay, who also produced it, who is also getting a story by credit. It is like looking at my own movie here, going down the credits list. <laughs> like, it's just like, Sasha Wingard, Sasha Wingard, Sasha Wingard. Um, it also co-stars Mia, uh, Maria Bakalova. I don't understand why Maria was the difficult part for me there. I think I was so focused on getting the second name right. It's why I fucked Maria. Yeah. Anyway, before this intro goes on any more off the rails, Erin, what's your overall thoughts on Borat's subsequent movie film? I think it was great. Um, I was, there was a, there was a moment a halfway through. I was like, "Am I watching the right film?" Since it wasn't called Borat Two, um, but I think it's so well done, so clever, and like you're just thinking all the way through. Is like this must be this, these are people unreal. Half of these people are actors. There's no way in hell that people are reacting like this, <laughs> um, and yet Americans do. <laughs> <laughs> That should be that should be the tagline Americans do. 
we actually that's, that's, that's why it goes uh, Nikki what about you same sort of story uh, I, say, that I wish I could get all the Americans right and say stop trusting these cameras so much because <laughs> you just end up on Bora or Impractical Jokers or something like that stop like see as soon as someone comes up to you and is like can you sign this you're going to be on camera I'd be like nope no I'm not going on it but then they're just they just seem like they want to be on camera Obviously, it was good because the movie was class. Yeah, it's it's really, really good. And one of the things where I don't think any of us really expected a Borat sequel to happen, like, I think it's 2006 was the, when the original film came out. Uh, some, yeah, I watched so, it on a PSP. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> right, that's... <laughs> That's how long ago. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <an actress>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I wasn't really expecting it to happen. And then it was one of those things where they dropped the trailer for it. And I'm pretty sure like there was no real talk about it happening, no announcement. And then it was like a month later it was coming out in Amazon Prime. Uh, there was a there was a picture that got released of him in a car with yeah. a suit on, and there was then rumors that he was doing it. And then just randomly there was a trailer. Yeah. Well, well Nikki, I'll come to you first on that. Like We've seen Thanks, this, David. especially in the COVID age, with the marketing strategies and stuff. I think we got our first deal for Black Widow, like, near on, like, a year plus ago. You know, and we're still waiting on that film coming out. Do you think more studios should follow this trend that Boda sort of say, announce the movie late on, release the trailer, have a, a decent amount of time away, like a month away, and then it means the buzz and the hype's there? Or do you think the more traditional way of doing it still works? Because I know you're funny about trailers, so what do you think? I think... I, I think deadlines are the enemy of any form of art and like the whole hype of it. I think albums, movies and all that should just randomly be like, right, this is coming out a couple of weeks and then you should, that's it, it's just out. Mm -hmm. Because really what is the difference in a few months of thinking about a trailer? Because you know, I hate trailers. Can't be arsed them, they're just all the same. <laughs> You're never going to be like, see if I had a, a couple of more months of thinking about that, I'd have maybe went and seen it. Do you know what I mean? You're either going to go and see it or you're not. Yeah, yeah. So yes, Fair. Fair that, was <laughs> <laughs> that was like your granddad making a point at the Sunday dinner. Really, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah, that's what I'm like. I've actually had him. Do what I bought today? A magazine. Oh. That's how old that. Moving on, because you just outed yourself as an like, old man in the future. I was walking around uh, Tesco clutching my wee magazine. <laughs> <laughs> Nicky, Nicky makes a very powerful point. A powerful point. It wasn't profound or anything, but it makes a strong case. But makes like, a point. It, 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 he said words. Uh, so <laughs> it's quite difficult, though. Like in the age where we've got so many movies coming out, and studios are sort of wrestling for slots, you understand why. They like to announce it ahead of time. But did the way this movie got announced and look at Taylor Swift's albums just randomly dropping on Spotify, do you think we are, like Nikki's saying, moving towards that more? I think so. I think it, like Lemonade, Beyonce's, if, if, if we're too slow here, um, because <laughs> she, she dropped Lemonade like the day off and it went fucking wild. But I don't know if that, if the cult following of like a film would still would have like the same effect I'm, I'm pretty sure like something like Black Widow would if you dropped it in a random day and told no one um, yeah. but with something like how long is the difference between Borat 1 and Borat 2 because like yeah. if there's no hype for something that's like subsequent then like how people know that it's out and it, if someone misses it then they miss it but at the same time there needs to be like there, there can't be too much time in between a trailer and 
the actual release because like the hype will just disappear and people will forget that it even Hell, James exists. Bond. Yes. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Totally. Once was, studios um, have got their money into it, though, they they would want they they want to see there is a bit of hype because, like Aaron said, there Beyonce done it and Eminem does it now. He done it with his last few albums, just yeah. randomly. It's just out and that's it. But these are people that no matter what happens, they're just going to make money. Exactly. Because they're some of the biggest stars in the world. But Prince once it's movies, it. I think. Prince did it like today or yesterday or something like that. I was um, Prince, is, Prince is dead, I'm fairly He's sure. He's dead. Exactly. I think someone did it on his back. I think it, I, I do agree with you, but I actually, I do think the trailer thing, the short trailer window will be um, exclusive to streaming service movies because yeah. it works for them. Um, you look at something, I think it was, what was the Cloverfield? The Cloverfield paradox it was back in, um, I think it was 2018. And it was the Super Bowl, they released the trailer for that and then said right. it's going to be available on Netflix immediately after the game, sure. you know. So I thought that's a really clever marketing strategy. But it's, it's interesting the way it's going, just see, see, I don't think like the likes of Marvel or your any of your big blockbuster companies are going to change the ways anything soon, but streaming well, services... That definitely like, does work with Netflix and stuff. Tiger King, I've never seen anything about that until we randomly just came on Netflix one day. Yeah. And then there's just something in you that wants to watch it. Is that then something to do with just like what social media end up attaching to? Because like um, Tiger King, the creators or like developers didn't think much of it and were like, oh, it's going to get X amount. And then Twitter got a hold of it and was like, oh shit, we didn't think this was going to happen. Yeah, you are at the mercy of the social media uh, market machine, as you say. Uh, in that sense, I think, Ed, and it's and it's a tough one because that's so unpredictable. You don't know what's going to stick. You don't know if people are going to find like someone like Carol Baskin funny or just ignore her. Yeah, exactly. But then suddenly everyone just pure latches on it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. brilliant, though. We should probably talk about what's in the actual film, though. Uh, so... Let's just be free. You don't need a regiment for your life. And just talk about anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you have us talking about some random ass stand up comedian for the next half <laughs> and we're not that far off the news. Uh, but Nikki, I will ask that the sort of general plot of this movie sets in motion like the, the, the leader of Kazakhstan is just like, right, okay, we need you to go and deliver a present to one of Donald Trump's pals because we want to be pals with Trump. Did you like this uh, like basic premise for the movie? I like there being a bit of plot because I remember when I watched the first one, I didn't know that it was like real people, so I didn't find it that funny. I just mm-hmm. thought it was like, like just a random movie, and I was like, this is fucking weird. But obviously, <laughs> then when it's like real people, it's funny. So yeah. I did like it because obviously, when I was watching, I was like, how are they going to do this again? And just how are people not going to know? So it did need to be more like plot driven and have a different lead in it. Totally. Totally. What and then, with Maria that you struggled to say, who is well, absolutely amazing. Oh, she is yeah. absolutely amazing. As she is like, so funny. Amazing. She is. And Ed, in the first time we meet her, he goes back to his family home, discovered uh, some other guy's taking over, his sons hate him. Uh, but to her sitting there and is a, a huge Melania fan, as it turns out, like, were you immediately sold in her character from the get-go or did it take a while into the movie after this first introduction to really come to love her? My first thing was like, fuck is she actually 14? Like, how did <laughs> I was the exact start? same, she looks so young. Uh-huh. I was like, the ethics, my man. <laughs> uh, uh, but then as soon as she, like, she came out of makeup, I was like, oh, okay, they found some 35-year-old that looks about four. Great. <laughs> uh, 
but she was insane. She was bloody brilliant. Um, and what like an addition to the Borat character to have. Mm-hmm. And I, I I couldn't quite tell how they were going to bring her in um, until the monkey bit. And I was like, ha oh. <laughs> like, oh, you're not taking her with her. Oh, right, okay, for this <laughs> shit, okay. <laughs> yeah, and she says the monkey ate itself, which is <laughs> the least convincing lie uh, I've ever heard since Nicky said he couldn't do Friday because he had overtime. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they go, they, they both was, end up in. Do you remember the food poisoning incident? Jesus, that was, that was way worse. <laughs> You've claimed food poisoning more times than someone who lives next to a dodgy Chinese. That's not like a steal as well. I can find the end. But anyway, they go to Texas and uh, <laughs> Nicky, this is where like the Bora silliness just kicks in because he's like, I need to find your country's fax machine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes and he's using this fax, mach- uh, fax machine, it's brilliant. But I thought what was really clever was that obviously filming Bora, this real life setting, they were going to have issues with people recognising them. So they built that into the plot. Did you think that was a strong move? Yeah, because you need to get it out of the way quick, don't you? And just be like, right, he's going to be in disguises, mm-hmm. or it's not going to be him. And then I was kind of hoping they would tone it down a bit. And it mm-hmm. did get, like, I don't want to appear jump ahead, but, like, see the bits so like, the woman looks after to yeah. her, as that was just called. I was just Aye. like, please don't be horrible to her, because she was so nice. <laughs> and, like, I'm usually all for being horrible to people. <laughs> I just kept thinking, I really hope he doesn't see it in horrible bar, because she was just so nice. And I, then... It was good that they made the jokes about them more than like the other people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Which obviously is still bad because I'm sure people from Kazakhstan aren't that happy about it. But <laughs> it was good that they, that like see see at the start when they then the disguises, I was like, right, they're gonna tone it right down here, but then you get like the bits where he's like talking to the guy in the abortion clinic and that and you're like, This is way worse than anything that was yeah. in the first one. Totally, totally. And uh, <laughs> you're getting you're jumping the gun, but you're, you're making me laugh. Like you're I like how you're laughing, laughing, but you're actually raging. You're like, ah, don't, don't go off top. Don't talk about that yet. <laughs> don't jump ahead at all. Absolute <laughs> bastard. But uh, then she decides to to give uh, decides to give two tarts as a gift to uh, America's sex icon uh, Michael Pence. as he calls him. But they end up. It's like right, okay, you need to practice. So she gets her makeover, and then they go to the ball. Um and well, we get <laughs> we get a particular scene at the ball. Like, what did you what did you think of this one? Because this was the this was the scene where I was just like, oh my fucking god, I forgot like how off the ball Borat can be. I I looked like one of those women, like at the ball. <laughs> I was like jaw dropped. I was like, what? <laughs> Are you why? Um, I didn't. I, I, to be fair, I didn't quite know what they were trying to do with that. If they were just trying to disgust a room yeah. full of like pressy women, if that was like the goal, like I feel like there was a goal with every other scene about semi humiliating people, but yeah. there wasn't. Was there? This like, was just like with what what might be funny. Oh, I meant to that. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's put that in the script. You know, rather than like any political or like racial undertone that other bits had they kind yeah. of didn't I feel like they didn't do anything with that um, unless it was like this feminist thing but I didn't quite get that either so it was I think it was there just for like mm. 
Oh, Siri. All right, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Siri doesn't know either. <laughs> Is that you brought another person into the podcast? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Special guest, Siri. Thanks for being here. <laughs> but Nikki, then we get our first sort of there's quite a few plot twists in this actually. I can now understand why it's uh, nominated for best adapted screenplay, but the head uh, in the like, right, okay, Mike Pence is uh, going to be at the Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, they're just like, we need to be there. We need to go. And uh, he's like, I will I sneak by them. That's he dresses mental, up. by the way, that he, he, <laughs> he gets in there. He dresses as a member of the clan um, before making his way to the toilet, dressing as Donald Trump and carrying, um, carrying Tutar into the room. And shouting down Mike Pence. What did you think about that entire sequence? Made that he has he is a brave man. Because those people were not fucking around there. They, they were raging. <laughs> they like it's not even like see if that happened here with somebody like people would kind of laugh and be like, yeah. right, let's get this guy out. They were raging. Yeah. And I don't know how he does it. I don't know how but like fair enough, he's had loads of experience in that. But she's obviously went from nothing. To then having to do stuff like this is yeah. is absolutely insane. Totally, but totally. it's hilarious as well. It just shows how stupid all these things are. Yeah, and we'll moving on from that. They need to find and now a new recipient of the gift that is Tutor, and they settle eventually on Rudy Giuliani. He hold that is plot. awful. <laughs> Let's hold our thoughts. On Rudy Giuliani for the time being, but they're like Rudy Giuliani likes big breasted women apparently, so they're like, we need to get breast implants. And it's at this point he's like, okay, I need to leave you somewhere. So Erin, he's left with Nikki's favourite character, a woman he has a lot of time for, and professional babysitter Janice Jones. What did you think about the interactions between uh, Janice and Tutar, where Janice is the one he sort of tear down those cultural barriers and maybe expose some of the lies that Tutar's been told her entire life. Oh, I thought it was great that they actually, like, despite Americans being, like, um, let me phrase this, uh... Insane. Like, some of the Americans that they show, like, they're making a lot of fun of that, but, like, they've showed to someone who actually has some sense who can like string a sentence together that's not insulting to anyone uh, and she's just like showing to tar like that that like these things are not okay and you can live quite a happy normal life without um this kind of sexist undertone that your dad has taught you um so i quite liked it and uh, i like that they showed someone actually doing something nice yeah totally and it, yeah. it leads to something really you know, uplifting for her, I suppose. Yeah. Like she's like she sees a woman driving a car, uh, and then she goes to this gathering of Republican ladies, um, and Nikki quite proudly and happily um, shares her experience of masturbating for the first time. Uh, again, this this just seemed like Erin alluded to earlier with the the menstrual scene, just an excuse to try and get a reaction out of a, a group of pretty women. Yeah, it was just. It was basically just similar to the feminist scene in the first one. It's just you're just like, right, just waiting for him to say something and for them to be shocked. Yeah. So once, like, that's what I, like, going into the film, that's what I was looking for. But once the plot had been, like, he'd got into the plot, I was then kind of like, 
I'm looking forward to this bit being done and mm-hmm. just getting back to like the, the what's actually happening. Yeah, uh, uh, Nikki, I'll stay with you for this next bit because she's like, thanks. Right, okay, she's. <laughs> Stop saying thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So she comes out and she's arguing with her dad and she's like, oh, here's this. I get all my information from Facebook and she tells him the most devastating thing that Borat could ever hear. And that's that the Holocaust was a lie. Um, Borat, highly distressed by this, decides to commit suicide um, by, by going to the nearest synagogue dressed as a Jew and waiting for that, the next that was insane. <laughs> so, regardless of that insane plot point that I've just described, which and by no way uh, reflects the views of us here at First Time Films, uh, he then meets these, and again, he meets this lovely pair of Jewish women in the synagogue and has a nice wee chat with them. Again, were you just biting your tongue hoping, please do not be nasty? In uh, any- no, that bit I was, that's going to sound like I don't like Jewish people. And that, that I was because he is Jewish. Mm-hmm. I think he gets a buy. He can say whatever he wants. Right. But he's not a very nice, friendly black lady. So I was hoping he wouldn't be horrible to her. But with the Jewish people, I think at the end he would be able to go. Oh, by the way, I am Jewish, and they'll be like, "All oh, right, it's fine then." Yeah. So I wasn't too worried about that. But yeah, but they yeah. were really nice as well. And his like say at one point is pretty bad and she goes, I mean my nose isn't big and she's not got a big nose. And she goes, and my friend's nose isn't big and it was fucking massive. Don't. <laughs> it was, it was Don't. the biggest nose I've ever seen in my life. I was so trying not to laugh at that. I was, I was expecting to go with my friends isn't, and then be like, well, that's not representative. <laughs> I've got all my friends exactly and their noses are small. And that's the same. Like in, uh, it was, again, a real-life uh, person, as we've alluded to, Judith Dan Evans, a uh, Holocaust survivor. Um, who took part in that scene. And you've got to say, like, these people, fair play to them, you know what I mean? Like, not the not the evil, nasty ones, like we'll get to in a minute, um, but, like, people like Judith and, and Janice, you know, fair play for, for being such good sports about it and getting involved for that entertainment. Uh, so Borat, after his talk, decides not to commit suicide, um, and he goes looking for Tutar. However, <laughs> as it turns out, Aaron, this is where COVID hits. <laughs> um, oh. Borat is now affected by COVID and has to stay with a pair of conspiracy theorists, a pair of um, quite quite nutty people um, in their barn, and then they eventually find uh, Tutar at the March for Our Rights rally. What did you think about this entire bit? Because this was really where they sort of wrapped up the political commentary with it. Like how how fucking how have they done all this? That's like my main like as as someone as someone who's work, been working in the film industry recently, uh, I can't find a fucking car park to film in. Never mind two real life people who are like happy to go their homes with like a man with a fake mustache on. So I don't like how the fuck do they find these people? That's mental. It is absolutely mental. And those this is a thing though. See that like Americans for all. The down points that you do see, they do seem like very hospitable people. Oh, yeah. And when I've been to America, they are like intensely friendly. And then, see, Louis Theroux made a point once in an interview I've seen with him where he said it's hard when he does the documentaries. Like, I think he was doing one about like doomsday prepper type things. Yeah. And this guy oh, yeah. had some really outlandish political opinions. And he was saying it's hard for him to like argue with these people when 
he's letting him stay in his house. He's like showing him all his family, like feeding him and like letting him basically yeah. live with him for ages. He said, so it's hard to then go, you're you're wrong about all this. Yeah, because yeah. they are they are really friendly people. Yeah, like those guys genuinely seem to like want to like educate him on what they think is right, no matter how mental it was. <laughs> 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 there's, those, there's bits of good to everyone I mean not the people who were chatting along with him um, at the March for a Rights rally when he was singing the song I can't actually I'm hey, glad these I can't people remember. what do they do for a job that they're like yeah film this yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you know what I mean you know I'd be I work with just like like family members man I'd be like no no I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'd hope that you weren't at a march for a right yeah it wouldn't rally. be a, you know I'd, like I'd be at a boycott and truffles film rally that's what I'd be at <laughs> we'll get you and I'm in it we'll get you for the sequel um, but <laughs> Tutar declines that advances um, the, the guys are like look your dad's going to get killed unless you help and at this point she decides um, to go and personally track down Rudy, Rudy Giuliani, um, and Erin, the yeah. Rudy Giuliani scene is probably the most difficult scene to watch because of the implications it has. Yeah. It's like always sunny because of the implication. Hopefully uh, one of you have seen that. No, no, I mean, sorry. <laughs> I'm more, how did they get permission to like show it? How did that not get shut down by what I'm assuming is a very powerful man? Yeah. That it, it's I presume they say first and then get him to sign it. And then that's it. He, they must not be able to go back. I don't know how, like you're saying, he's a lawyer. He must know some way to get out of that. Surely. But he, that is like, there's not any way around that. He was like lying on the bed, unbuttoning his trousers. He, it was like so creepy. Yeah, exactly. Like even it, how he was talking to him, see, like he's smiling and staring at her and all that. See that amount of like real women that must have had to deal with that and in interviews and stuff with that guy is uh-huh. fucking disgusting. And What's there's the- no one coming in to like in a like mankini to show like tell him to fuck off either. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I think that's the thing. What struck me about it was this the routineness of it all is what it seemed from like Giuliani. You know what I mean? Like it was it there was an implication to me in the way he was acting, like this was part of the course. Another day almost. in the office. You know what I mean? And that's that was the truly unsettling thing uh for, for me about it. Um and like you say, Erin, a lot of a lot of these situations we will never see and wouldn't have been stopped. You yeah. know, and we don't know where they've went. So like, this is probably, I think that's what lifts the movie's quality up, is that it actually does have some things to say. Like, you've exposed one it's of the most powerful men. a lot more serious than the first one. Yeah, you've exposed one of the most powerful men in America. You've you've yeah. touched on a certain point in time, the, the very end of Trump's regime in America, the start of the pandemic era. You know, it really captures the zeitgeist of the moment. I think is what what it really does well. It's yeah, it's it. This was the scene that elevated it for me from good comedy to this movie will be remembered. You know, it's like went for him as well. So there's been things about him for years. Like see, even before he was with Trump and all that, I remember watching a program years ago about the mafia, 
And yeah. he was one of the people that went like after the mafia. And there was guys in that that were like, I, like, I don't even hate him because he came after the mafia. They were like, he's just a fucking terrible person. Like, based, like some allegations about him. So he, he, even years ago, everyone's like thought he was a creep, and he still managed to become one of the most powerful guys in America. Yeah, yeah, mental. Anyway, good insight, David. <laughs> there was no good mental. transition. You know, there was no witty line. There was no speaking of sexual mental. predators. You know, like I just you just have to something tell it and move on. Anyway, mental. The last. The last. <laughs> <laughs> the last plot twist in the movie comes when um, it turns out that Borat was never sent to deliver any sort of gift to Mike Pence or any other members of the Trump administration. It turns out Borat was patient zero and spread COVID around the world by uh, going on his journey, spreading it to America, shaking hands with Tom Hanks um, at one point. <laughs> and a very good cameo. Erin, uh, were you sold on this this plot twist right at the very end? Oh yeah, Absolutely. Where else was it going to come from? Look at him. <laughs> he is COVID incarnate. Aye, this is this is it. This is it. And then uh, Nikki, a nice ending for Borat and Tutar. Borat is reinstated. This is this, this is the only film I will forgive for taking COVID as a plot point because it was built into like when they were filming it. See yeah. all these other films that you can see where you're like, like Zoom films and mm. things about plagues and all, and like stop, just stop. Because this is actually like it's been real life for like a year, and you just we need a break. Yeah, totally, totally. But we get a happy ending. Uh, Borat number four, journalist in all of Kazakhstan. Tutar is number three, and uh, they engage in a game of uh, the running of the American, and it's all that was funny. It's all very happy. Good ending, Nikki. Happy. Yeah, enjoyed that. Actually, enjoyed. It. I was quite relieved that it was finished because I was watching it with my mum and dad at the time. Yeah. So there was some. There were some awkward moments. <laughs> so I was quite, quite relieved to see it finished, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. And Erin, we've talked about this in terms of the politics of Bora, but it actually ends with a message encouraging people to go out and vote in the Trump-Biden election mm-hmm. at the time. Did you think it was interesting how... Because a lot of movies sometimes when they put these political things in, they won't shy away from it, but they're not going to be as explicit as, like, go and support this organisation or go and check this out after it. You know what I mean? But this was like, no, go and vote, because there are clearly things that need to change here. What did you think about that? It's interesting. Like, the film is... Like, for us, it's, like, very out there in what it's trying to say. But if you are an American and align with those views that, like, are in... Like, align with the views that the Americans believe in the film then do you think it's just like, are they on your side? Mm. And therefore you will continue to vote Trump? Like, is that... So, so, so yeah. Um, does that make any sense whatsoever? I'd, well, the thing is, the only thing I'd say maybe is, are those people watching Bora because of Sasha Bancone's reputation from... I can't remember or the name I of the TV it. show that he was doing. Um, uh, this is America. This is America, you know. Don't worry, Truffles, some of us do research. Wow, fuck okay. <laughs> He's been very vocal. <laughs> He's been very vocally, you know. See, when we're on that, sorry to interrupt you, I've yeah. watched that programme. No. That's like the most insane thing I've ever seen in my life. There's a bit where he goes to Las Vegas, right? And he's with this guy who's like a kind of like concierge type thing. He like, like makes things happen. And Sasha Bancone's like 
what if I what if I wanted like a young boy? And he as he basically goes, Yeah, I can make that happen. How young do you want him? And then it's like you can see Sasha Baron Cohen's like, oh fuck, like this is getting a bit real here. Yeah. But he kind of keeps going. And the guy's basically saying to him, like, yep, if you want like a 12-year-old boy, I'll get him. It's like it's, it's to the point where it's like you're like, this should this shouldn't be in it. This is too much. Because you're like, this guy has definitely see what you said about really Rudy Giuliani. He's definitely done this before. Like he was like basically just phone out, ready to like have some numbers where he's like gonna get this guy a child. It was fucking mental. But it does it does lead to questions where you've got a guy like Sasha, and he's a very intelligent guy, good actor. Um, he's nominated um, for another film that he did um, this year as well, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, so like he's there's no slouch in the talent department, but it does beg the question when this guy who's dressing up in a fake mustache is a comedian by trade, mm-hmm. is doing prestige, is doing like a comedy film, how he's able to hold politicians to account and expose it a lot better than, you know, the general media can and maybe a lot of documentarians can. It's, I don't know. It raises I think some it's questions. because he doesn't rely on other people. Like, he just makes his own things. Yeah. So he's not relying on people to cast him and things. He does get cast and things. But if he didn't have the trial of Chicago 7, he's, he's going to be fine. Because he would just make his own stuff. Totally. Yeah, because he already had this out. You he's know. free. Yeah, it's, uh, not it's like us under your regime. <laughs> You'll get sacked again anyway. <laughs> anyway, we'll go to the ratings out of ten. Erin, what did you, what, what would you rate Borat's subsequent movie film out of ten? My boyfriend like was crying, laughing at it, and so was his parents. But I just was like, oh, this is such a political statement. Great. Um, but I think that might be my fucking film degree chatting. Uh, so yeah, an eight. Nice, nice, very good, very good. Nicholas, what about yourself? Um, I'll give it a seven, six, seven, six and what? a half. Seven. Why? <laughs> I don't get you. I don't understand it. You were so positive, like all the way through, and I'm thinking, solid eight, six or seven. Are you having a fucking laugh? <laughs> it's all right. It was a brilliant. It was a good. It was a good film. I'm in the same zone, though. I wasn't like pure passing myself laughing at it I was like yep that's some good points you've made I enjoyed the plot quite a lot but it wasn't fucking brilliant then what did I give a 10 to last time I gave coming to America a 10 maybe I should give that (laughs) (laughs) your scale I've not got a scale for the ratings I slaughtered the conjuring they said it was the worst move I've ever seen and gave it an (laughs) 8 That is true. That is true. Anyway, we have award season coming up. Um, we are recording this, like we said, Sunday the 11th of April. Um, it is the night of the BAFTAs. And then we're moving in to the Academy Awards. Um, there's not much to say, like I said. The ones that we can watch, we will be watching. But outside of the ones that have been scheduled for the podcast, Erin, are there any movies that are being talked about this award season that you can't wait to see uh, when cinemas finally open or you have access to them on streaming? Alexa, tell me a show that was in the BAFTAs, please. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you, I, I have no idea. No idea. Uh, about any of the nominations whatsoever. Do you know who you need to talk to? Grace. Because she has yeah, a I know. up. She's a BAFTA. I can never imagine that anyone is really into the award shows. It's always a pure surprise to me when I find out that people are. 
I like them. No, it's lagging anyone that is, by the way. I, I, do, I do enjoy them. Oh, I, I do like because it for one, it lets me like. I'm looking at it now. I've not heard of films. any of these. No. No. Nomadland's apparently good. That's the one I was going to bring up. Francis I seen Eagle. that advertising. I thought it said Normanland to Mark Norman's again. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be him, and I clicked on it, and I was uh, very disappointed to see that it wasn't. Because <laughs> <him. laughs> he'd been putting up a lot of things in there with puns of his name, and I was like, "Oh, good, another one." Jesus. But it wasn't. Well, the BAFTAs is tonight for anyone who's interested. Um, it'll be last night. You don't get any of them here. <laughs> no. Have you got have you got any bets on it, David? Because I've obviously I've noticed your golf bets have been terrible. Uh, not Do yet. Aren't, I'm, <laughs> in the, I'm still in my shout my bets. Good stuff. I'm happy for you. Thanks. So for you. Um but I, I would say Nomad Land, I think, will be the big winner. I think that's probably gonna take home best um best picture. And I would suggest Best Director for Chloe Zhao, just because she seems to be the name that's on everyone's lips. Um, her next movie is a big Marvel project in Eternal, so it looks like she's going to blow up in the back of this. Um, so I'd probably put those two as a lock. Chadwick Boseman I'd put as a lock for Best Actor uh, for Ma Raimi's Black Bottom. I'd also probably put Viola Davis as the favourite for Best Actress, um, which would be really cool to see. Um, because black actresses have sort of been nom- re- really awarded for roles that show like suffering and struggle and stuff like that in the past and never really for a fun role, you know what I mean, that's positive and just like a really powerful person. So I would I'd like to see that trend being bucked and hard to win the award there. Best Supporting Actress is a toss-up, however, Maria Bakalova, oh my God, Maria Bakalova, I would love to see her win it. I'd like to see her win too. You know, just because it's different comedic performance. You know, let's let's award something there. So it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it works out. Not interesting enough for um, Mickey or Eden to be interested, but interesting to me. Anyway, yeah, well, nothing much. So, else. There's not a lot of news. Uh, it's a slow, slow sort of news week. But um, <laughs> Top Top Gun uh, Two has been moved back. Maverick's been moved back to November. Who's in and... Top Gun Two? Tom Cruise. Who's is there, I'm sure there's another person in it. Is it just him? No one of note. No, Tom Cruise is sure. Are you sure? <laughs> I seen something the other day. They said talking about somebody being talking to Mike I mean, Taylor. That's who I seen was in it. Who? Miles Taylor, the guy from Whiplash. Oh, I did. Did I send you? See, we're talking about Tom Cruise to go off topic. Did I send you the thing the other day that said Patrick Bateman was based on him? Because yes. Christian Bale said that he had an intense friendliness with nothing behind his eyes. You did send me that, and then it's I brilliant. got that that was me. Oh, so you did. So yeah. you did. Yeah, what did I say you were similar with? Oh, yeah. Never mind. Sometimes you need to take that <laughs> Never mind. You know what I mean? Especially in public, when really yeah. you're dying inside. And I was like, wow. I don't do that. I know you don't. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, that was so passively aggressive. Um, but the third I know you is, don't. is the Purge 5 uh, called The Forever Purge. Boo. I'm not going to make you talk no. about the Purge. Um, I'm not going to make you do that. I think we'll all acknowledge that the Purge is ready for a death. <laughs> the Purge <laughs> does not need to be continued. The Purge is done. Um, but I will ask you, is there a movie, franchise or series that you would like to see killed off? You would like loads. Done forever. I'll, I'll let you Fast think of furious. one, Nikki. But I'm going to come Erin first. What are you thinking? Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Really? 
Yeah, well, and all spin-offs, Hobbs and Shaw, is there another one? Is that it? That was it. Right, okay, both of them, done, finished, done. Why? Well, it's just fucking cars, isn't it? And they just (laughs) start mystical shit now, haven't they? Not mystical shit. What was Hobbs Hobbs and Shaw was all about cyborg-y pish, was it not? And you know what? Yes, it might have brought work to Edinburgh for us film people, but how how long was it in the film? 30 seconds. Six weeks (laughs) that we spent in Edinburgh for 30 seconds. No thank you. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, Fast and Furious is my... I like to go and get drunk and watch them. Yeah. I hate Fast and Furious. <laughs> but, yeah. I had to be edited out of a podcast one day for something about someone that liked Fast and Furious. You did. You did. So let's It was really bad. Let's not go down that route again. Because <laughs> <laughs> right now there's nothing really to be heavy to head out in the middle of this. Um, but Nikki, do you have an hour shout apart from Fast um, and Furious? Yeah, I do. Off the top of my head, Transformers. Ah. Transformers should die. Erin sounded like she was going to defend Transformers. Oh, oh God, no. No, no, no. Again, cars. <laughs> yeah, cars. Even are. worse, it's cars turning into bigger things. It's just what terrible. Are, what but I would I... say is, apparently Bumblebee was better. So oh, can we? Is can it just... How did it, can it fucking be? <laughs> see the first time you see a car turn into like a monster you're like oh, oh that's pretty see cool. after that there's not much there's not much that can be done here. you're like ah right that's just another anything you see a car you're like I bet he's hiding something I bet, I bet that's something else yeah yeah I probably agree with you I agree with you I think those are those are two worthwhile shouts however I think one that just needs to go and die in a hole somewhere is the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, oh, I've got a controversial show that you might disagree with. Fantastic okay. Beasts. Um, and the kind of anything apart from the main Harry Potter movies that's Harry um, Potter, I think, just stop it. Here's my thoughts on that, because you've struck a chord now. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Fantastic Beasts second movie, if you listen to the, the review of that... Um, that me, Jack, and Mary did I was... on that show. Right? <laughs> it was very confusing for me because it messes with the canon so much that there literally is only one logical explanation that they can have for this all to make sense. And if they don't do that, I'll be very upset. If I don't get to see Dumbledore and Grindelwald being gay boys, I'll be very upset. And not just alluding to it and beating around the bush. Yeah, just let, them, let it be known that they were a fucking couple. You know what I mean? It's 2021. I'm sick of it. But anyway, regardless of that, I probably would agree with you that if I never saw another Fantastic Beast movie, I wouldn't be too upset. And the curse. Oh, sorry, Eden, what did you say? Moved on to theatre. Well, yeah, the where I. I they're going to make that into the film as well. If they make that into a film, I will take to the streets. That is the biggest pile of pish I have ever had the unfortunate distinction of reading in my entire fucking life. It's like someone took a piece of fan fiction from the internet and thought, how can we make this worse? That is what they did with the cursed fucking child. I read it and I no, I'm, not, I'm not lying. This is no word of a lie. I read it and binned it. 
I put it to the Did J.K. Rowling write that? Because you can't now believe that she wrote Harry Potter. I think she might have sold her soul or something. She wrote <laughs> it was someone with it was like two people and then with J.K. Rowling. And I'm just like, of oh, fucking course. Because as problematic as J.K. Rowling is, as transphobic as J.K. Rowling is, at least she could write Harry Potter fucking books. Did you hear Frankie Burns you know I mean? joke about her? No, it's what did you say? so good. She was saying about how Scotland should be independent. He said it's almost like being a billionaire and thinking that everything's all right. Kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> and he, goes, <laughs> he said, "He goes, everything looks fine up here on this mountain of children's pocket money." <laughs> <laughs> so like so like good. That. The, the right. So oh, having said awful. all of that, ha- having got very very heated about all of that. I would still like to see a Marauders uh, TV show. So let's. Uh, I'd probably agree with you, actually. I could just watch that. <laughs> yeah, I could say this to the cows come home, and then they'd offer me like a Harry Potter as an horror TV show, and I'd be like, ooh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're very easily convinced. You're like, I'll yeah. take it to the streets, I won't be having it. You're like, Harry Potter, Jason, Death Eaters. Oh, nice. Specific. Streaming service. <laughs> I hate, I hate the so much, man. Like I absolutely despise it. Anyway, we're going to wrap up the show. First off, eh, Nikki, thank you for being here again, gracing you with the presence. You're welcome. <laughs> Not quite, Erin. Thank, thank you for being here again. Anytime, my friend. Fantastic. Well, listen, we will be back next time. Uh, it'll be Ian Shearer hosting, joined by uh, the gambling addict that is Grace Malloch and <laughs> guest here, Bachelor, to discuss David Fincher's Mank. So tune in for that one and we will see you later on. Yeah.